You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 251. That's it. I think so many people, it's like they, they need to prepare themselves for every aspect of being like a real estate professional. They need to know how much things cost to repair. They need to know what the title company does. They need to know what private lending does. They need to know all these things. No, just know the seller. Just talk to people. Just talk to people and find opportunities because that's where the money's at. Today's show is brought to you by the good folks over at Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. To take advantage of this special offer, go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash wholesaling inc. Download your free audiobook and start listening immediately. It's just that easy. Again, head over to audibletrial.com forward slash wholesaling inc and download your free audiobook today. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Bam! Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome, everybody, to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. This is Brent Daniels, your host, and the Wholesaling Inc. podcast is the number one podcast on planet Earth because our audience takes action, baby. Our audience listens to these podcasts, pulls out all of the gold nuggets, and is able to implement it right into their business. So this podcast is going to be amazing for everybody that is paying attention, everybody that is taking notes, everybody that is taking the knowledge and the instruction that come out of these interviews and uses it. So I first wanted to say thank you to all of our audience members. You have been amazing. And I want to start this podcast off talking about the four C's of success, the four C's of achieving any goal. Number one is commitment. You got to have the commitment to be able to do this business. You got to be committed to this business. The interview that you're about to listen to, you are going to hear the epitome of what commitment means. It is going to be perfect. It's going to, you're going to understand exactly what I mean when I say the word commitment. Number two, you got to have the courage, the courage to keep moving forward, the courage to take action. That's where the magic happens. Number three, you got to have the competence. You got to understand what a deal is and what a deal is not. You got to understand what a buyer is and what a buyer is not. You got to understand what a distressed seller is and what just a regular seller is. And then you got to have the confidence. You got to have the confidence to keep doing this day in and day out and make this an incredible business for you. So without further ado, from Denver, Colorado, I want to welcome Jason Renati to the podcast. Say hello, Jason. Hello, hello. So Thank Jason, you for having me on, man. You got it. I, it is my absolute pleasure. I'm excited to do this with you. So, Jason, give us some of your background. How did you get, how did you fall into, or how did you find wholesaling? Sure. Well, I come from, you know, a sales background. I was a mortgage banker here in Denver for the last six years. Heard about wholesaling a few years back. Uh, we had purchased a program, um, you know, from another coaching system, and kind of got my own way with it. You know, got a little, uh, you know, got a little nervous. Didn't think we could pull it off. And wholesaling Inc. podcast, man, started listening to that thing uh, a little over a year ago. Got the got the wife to start listening to some, you know, of the podcasts as well. 
And I really think that was the catalyst to get us going. I, I, I saw you uh, or heard you on there. And, you know, the TTP uh, formula just made sense to me. Coming from a sales background, I was used to pounding the phones. So I was like, hey, here we go. This is something I can put into action tomorrow. And, um, you know, here we are. So you are in Denver, Colorado, and Denver is very similar to Phoenix or San Diego or some of these, uh, you know, major markets where there's a lot of gentrification, right? There's a lot of taking older properties and flipping them and prices are going sky high. And there's just, I mean, it's just a market that has a lot, a lot, a lot of action in it, right? A lot of attention on it. A lot of people that are trying to find opportunities in your marketplace. Is that right? That's absolutely right. Yep. It's, uh, you know, I think we're, we're starting to see a little bit of a, um, a leveling off, but yeah, the last five years, uh, in Denver have just been appreciation through the roof. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you said, what was your background? You were in mortgage banking. Yeah. Yeah. I was a mortgage banker. Um, so you were a Denver. loan officer. Yes. Yeah. 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 When you work for a bank, you know, they give you a fancy, uh, a fancy name, right. But sure. yes, I, I was an LO, you know, yeah, I was involved in really, uh, not only bringing in clients, but, you know, application, you know, follow the deal all the way through closing. So, yeah, definitely. So I, I would say I had a little background, if you will, you know, as an LO, you're in the real estate world. But, uh, you know, obviously what I do day to day today is a lot different. Awesome. So you just you, you heard the podcast and then you did you start with anything else? Did you start mailing? Did you start putting out banded signs? Did you start with anything like kind of like did you have a good size budget to get started? Um, the budget? No, you know, I did, I did well as a, as a mortgage, you know, banker or LO rather, but, you know, kind of seemed like our bills kept kind of catching up with our income. Right. So there, there wasn't a ton in the coffers, but we started our LLC. We kind of, you know, took that approach, right. We, we got the business set up into August and we did, that was our first uh, push was 50 bandit signs. Mm -hmm. So we drove around at night, you know, with the, the two-year-old in the back of the car and, uh, you know, I was jumping out at intersections and putting bandit signs down. We got a few calls there, but, you know, I remember looking at my wife when we were driving home. It's just like, there's, uh, TTP's the way. Like, I got to get on these phones, man. <laughs> I got to get on sure. these phones. Sure. So, yeah. Got it. So then you started back, you had joined the TTP program in August, September of 2018, right? September 5th. Got it. Got it. And, and tell me how that went. Like once you started getting to the point, you went through the program and then right before you're about to make your first calls, right? How did that feel? <laughs> you know, it was, it's a blend of so many different things that, so, you know, there was, you know, some nervousness some excitement. I, I was, I was really, the most, thing I was most excited about was just to hear people's reactions. Right. You know, I, I was used to cold calling agents, uh, yeah. you know, that they were my, they were my bread and butter, really, you know, agents for my clients, they would refer us, you know, the buyers. So, you know, going direct to the homeowners, direct to the sellers, I was just kind of excited to find out, you know, what the reactions were going to be and actually had some pretty good luck. The first few days on the phones landed some leads I think after three days on the dialer, I was sitting in my first living room, you know, kind of having those conversations. So yeah, it, it happens that fast. I mean, it can it happen that fast. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that you locked it up and you sold it and you made a ton, but you know, you, you get opportunities to, to one, to get out there and actually be in front of a live seller. Right. And two, to like build up that experience. So how did that first appointment go? 
<laughs> so, you know, again, a blend of all those emotions, you know, nerve and excitement. I'm not a contractor, right? You know, so, you know, I was just kind of in there with a the notepad, pretty much winging it, you know, but what, what I know I do well is, you know, kind of putting people at ease and having those conversations. So I just really dialed in on having that conversation with the owner, right? You know, talking about what their next move was, you know, where they saw themselves after selling this property. I focused in on that a lot more than I was concerned about, hey, the HVAC's messed up, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, that was a great lesson for me to understand that you don't have to know everything about property evaluation, you know, and all this stuff, right? If you can just, if you can dial in and get on the same level as somebody that that has that need, you're off to the races. That's it. I think so many people, it's like they, they need to prepare themselves for every aspect of being like a real estate professional. They need to know how much things cost to repair. They need to know what the title company does. They need to know what private lending does. They need to know all these things. No, just know the seller. Just talk to people. Just talk to people and find opportunities because that's where the money's at. I mean, everybody, if you're not taking action every single day, talking to new people every single day, then what are you doing? That's the business. Either they're going to call you right off of marketing. And if you have a good marketing budget, go for it. But, you know, if you don't or if you want to be proactive or be on offense, then you reach out to them. You start those conversations. Then all of a sudden, three days into making TTP calls, you're sitting in the living room. So that is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. But, you know, at the, at the beginning of this podcast, I talked about the commitment part because it took some like it took some serious uphill work for you to get to the first check. Right. So talk us through September through December. What did that 90 days look like for you? Like real life, like, yeah. like let everybody be real. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that first living room I sat in didn't get under contract. So and that kind of went on. We actually ended up putting, I think, one property under contract in that first 90 days. Mm -hmm. And we, we weren't able to move it. But it again, it, it really showed me the process of, you know, I, I was familiar with title and, you know, things that, you know, that affect being in the mortgage world. But, you know, really, this was brand new, you know, how to get how to get my assignment piece written up and, you know, just some of those things. So even though we didn't get it done, I learned I grew so much from September five, you know, to December one. Right. Yep. Um, yep. And then and then it was really interesting kind of how it, it started to snowball from there. You know, we got a call. I'm a date guy. So I kind of remember these dates. Off you the are. You're incredible. <laughs> yeah. Just, so December 9th, uh, we got a call and it was from a seller that we had reached out to, you know, but a, a D4D deal. We were driving for dollars yep. and had left a voicemail, got a call back. And, you know, next thing you know, we're at the property. I think we had it under contract about 48 hours later. And I, I knew a, a general contractor that was interested in that type of deal. So we ended up closing that thing the week before Christmas. Awesome. So we, yeah, we got to put one check in the, uh, you know, in the bank before the end of 2018. And that, in that your first 90 days. So in that 90 days, how many, like, were you doing it as full-time? Were you doing it as a part-time? Is this, what, what, were you still doing your, your mortgage job? Nope. Full-time. Full so time. I, yeah, I, so I got for it. I did. Yeah. I got, you know, started having, you know, my wife, uh, you know, had, had her listen to the podcast and she knew this is something I had wanted for years. So we kind of both agreed, let's, let's burn the boats, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and go, go all in on this. So yeah, it was my full-time gig. Don't get me wrong. Come Christmas time, you know, only, only closing one deal, things were getting, uh, you know, things were getting a little tight, but you know, again, I, I felt like that was just more fuel to keep it going. And that's, that's what kept me on the dialer day in and day out. 
That's awesome. And how how important is, is it to have your wife listening to the podcast, supporting you, like being like, I assume she's like your partner in this thing. Yes, she is. She still has a full-time job. Sure. Um, you know, she's, uh, yeah, she's a professional, has a great career. So it is our goal to bring her on. Uh, full time. We always wanted to make this kind of a family affair. Right. Sure. And, you know, when we drop the drop the she's three years old now, I drop her off. You know, I'm like, daddy's going to go buy some houses today. And she gets really uh, gets really excited about that. So we want to yeah, we want to make it a family thing. But she does. She helps out, you know, after hours with marketing the properties that we have under contract. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at that stuff. I'm a sure. 50,000 foot guy. Sure. So, you know, she has been an absolute huge key in us getting to where we are right now. So, and Jason, there was a couple things that you mentioned there. One, for everybody listening, he drove for dollars. He got the addresses of those properties. Do you use an app for that or do you just write them down old school? Yeah, no, I, I had an app. I had an app, the Driving for Dollars app. Um, Which one do you, know, you use? Which, uh, the Driving for Dollars. Uh, driving for Dollars. Uh, okay, got it. Yeah. So, and I actually had, I'd reached out. I know there was one you guys had. Deal Machine. Yep. We use yeah, Deal Machine it, here that uh, makes yep. it easy for the whole team to go out and and, Absolutely. You know, go get go get all the the worst properties out there, which are the best properties for us. But so you they did are. driving for dollars. And listen, guys, he didn't get a hold of them. He left a message. I I highly recommend you leave messages for drive for dollars for probate and for some multifamily. Get those people calling you back and be on it. The, he got a call back on this and put together his first deal. So leading up to that, though, I want to talk about this, this because I think that, you know, it's that make or break. It's the keeping your confidence high. It's really seeing how committed are you to this process, right? Because when we start this business, we have a belief that we can do it. When we actually close a deal, now it turns into a fact, which is where we want to get to as quick as possible. But sometimes it takes a lot of commitment to keep going, to keep going. So what did you do mentally? Like what, how did you protect yourself mentally to make sure that you stayed committed to it? How did you have the courage to keep going? Yeah, I, you know, I think it, it came back to, you know, one, having a great support network, but, you know, I understand that not everybody has that. So, you know, what you can do to be kind of introspective and, you know, keep yourself going, you know, forward was just, I, I had, you know, I don't know if you're big on like vision boards and things to that effect, but I had, I had this goal. I, I could see, I could see my life, you know, when I closed my eyes at night, really where I wanted that, you know, to be in one year, three years, five years. And I knew, I knew, I knew just even before we closed the first deal with how many contacts I was having, how many great conversations I was having, it really just became more of a, you know, an if not when. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that especially the TTP program, you know, really gets you understanding right out of the gates that you're like, listen, this is going to happen. If I keep picking up the phone every day, talking to people, it, it just became, you know, and if not when, so we just, you know, every night we'd have dinner and talk about how things were going. And it, it just was that constant kind of, it's going to happen. It yep. just, you know, it may, may not be tomorrow, but it's going to happen in sooner than later. Right. Awesome. So it, it was really just, you know, that just the, the, the day-to-day activities really what kept me going, knowing that it was, I was one day away from a breakthrough. Yep. Yep. I love it. And then it came. So on that yeah. deal, driving for dollars, they call you back. Tell me about what the, the, so we talk about the four pillars of pre-qualifying, right? We talk right. about the condition of property, their timeline to sell their motivation and their price. Okay. So what was the condition of the property of your first deal? Um, bad. It, it was a hoarder, hoarder house kind of situation. The gentleman had lived there 
since he was born, I think in 53, 1953. And he had accumulated a lot, uh, a lot of stuff. It was on a larger lot. There were, you know, rundown, rundown trailers, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. So condition was uh, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. His timeline. When did he want his money? As quickly as he could get his Yesterday. hands on it. Right. Yeah. Got <laughs> yeah. Was he in a position that, I mean, was it vacant? Was he living there? Was there tenants? I mean, was it in a position where he could close quickly? Yeah, he was living there. Um, and we, we actually closed, we found some great buyers for it that actually allowed him to do a 30 day lease back on the property. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it ended up being a win win, you know, for him. He had actually, you know, the motivation piece was he had run into some legal trouble and, you know, needed to get, needed to get access to cash fast. I think he was probably in a position where there were some liens on the house. I, I think he was going to, he was pretty close to losing it anyway. So he just tried to be, you know, as preemptive as possible and, and get his money before I think the bank got their hands on it. So got it. Got it. Yeah. And it, it's really interesting. So you mentioned something there, a 30 day leaseback. Some people, guys, when you're out there, they need the money before they can move. Right. They just don't have enough money to move, especially hoarders that collect a lot of things that that they want to move with them, but they get rid of a lot. You know, they, they need some time. So what he's talking about as a 30 day lease back is he put in whatever language or verbiage on the contract that after it closed, after it transferred title to the new buyer, that he had 30 days to, to occupy the property. And probably, you know, sometimes we let him do it for free. Uh, we try to get them to pay something. You know, uh, what, what we like to do in our business is do uh, an escrow holdback where the escrow will hold five to $10,000 of the seller's funds or, to make sure that either the tenant or themselves, depending on the situation, will get out of the property in, in the time allotted. And it usually gives them incentive to do that. So really, really, really smart. I think it helps out a lot of these sellers that traditionally they just couldn't do it. That's why they come to us. That's why we're such a value to them is because we help them sell their house. Now they have some money in their bank. Now they have the means to move and it makes it really smooth for them. And it really saves a lot of anxiety and, and stress from these sellers. So really, really cool. Really cool. So Thank then you. um, you've got timeline, the motivation. So his motivation was he was going to lose it. He was going to lose it. Yeah. yeah. There, there, he had some liens. I think one was from a divorce and, and she was, uh, you know, there was some, some money there, right, in the settlement. And I think she was getting ready to, you know, start the pre-foreclosure process on the house. And, you know, so he was just trying to get in front of everything. Great guy. Uh, you know, it was, it was interesting. It was a couple that had bought the property and at closing, they were a little younger, you know, the, you know, the, the girl actually felt pretty bad. She's like, I'm sorry to take your house. And he had lived there since he was a kid, but um, he was just so thankful to them, right. For basically the problem that he had before we walked into the title office was now remedied when we left. So it, it was a win-win. Awesome. And then price, what did he want for it? Yeah. So we had started out, it's kind of up in the mountains, just west of Denver in a place called Golden. So he initially wanted 120 mm -hmm. for the property. I locked it up at 100 and we assigned it at 110. All right. So you made how much? 10,000. Hold on. <laughs> oh yeah. I got to get a bell. Ring that bell. That is awesome. So you made $10,000 on your first deal ever. Yes. Awesome. So let's move forward. So you close that. 
How are we looking now? How's your business looking now? Are you building the momentum? Are you keeping this going? Are you, you know, are you keeping talking to people? Yeah, things have gotten a little, you know, a little crazy. We probably need to grow. We need to grow a little bit more. So I, I need to get, I brought on our first employee. He's actually, you know, somebody I worked with prior, a good buddy of mine who I knew had the sales chops, really smart guy. You know, he's, he's a lot better you know, with technology than I am, you know, so we brought him on right after the new year. And, you know, since then things have gotten, uh, you know, pretty wild. So we closed, we only had one deal closed again in January and we pulled 9,000 out of that one. Awesome. And then, but now February is our real, uh, our real grandiose one. So we are, we actually have four closings slated for next Friday, the 22nd. Yep. Um, four. and we already closed four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we already closed one uh, this month. So I think, you know, we're looking at a total, um, you know, February revenue of 35. Oh, awesome, man. 30, yeah. And it's just going to keep growing and growing. It's yes. just consistency, right? Yeah. Uh, it's consistency. What, what are you finding, uh, just to give some more value on this podcast, what are you finding is the best list that you're calling? Yeah. So we still do, you know, the, the D4D, we drive for dollars, right? We've had a lot of luck. I think I kind of told you, you know, before we got going, there's a, you know, a smaller city just south of us that I grew up in, you know, that really it's, it's an older community, you know, so we actually pulled uh, the absentee owner, yep. the tired landlord list sure. um, down there. And it's been it's just been, I mean, really it's been gold. So there's, you know, a lot of people down there and because of the price points, a little smaller down there than Denver, a lot of our buyers lists that we're building up here, every time they get our email blasts, they're like, you know, Hey man, let me know what properties, you know, you got going down there. Cause they can pick up two to four houses for the price of one here in Denver. Right. Yep. So, yep. you know, it's, it's, that's been good. But yeah, absentee owner, we do have a code violation list that we've been calling on. I think we we picked that up from a uh, flip that list or uh, flip this yeah, real estate from, list. Yeah. yeah from, from, yep. from yep. Eric. Yeah. yeah. So that one um, we're building, you know, good leads. What I'm excited about now is just the pipeline, right? You know, we've got, we've got follow-up, we've got offer calls. When I get off with you, I'm going to be, you know, back on making offers. So yeah, that's, that's the exciting part. But yeah, the absentee owner list, I kind of know it's a, it's a pretty general list, but it's, it's definitely been bearing fruit for us. Awesome. Love it. And just to put you on the spot, what would you say is the three best ways to find cash buyers? <sighs> Let's see. <laughs> Rhea meetings. Yep. Uh, yeah. At real estate investment meetings. Gotta go to those. Do you Let find those know. on meetup.com? Do you find, yep. Okay. Yeah, meetup.com. We, we have another uh, group here in Colorado, i um, So, but yeah, if you if you just Google real estate meetings, right, in your community, you're going to find them. And okay, that's yeah, one. get out there. Yep, that's one. We did, uh, we run the uh, looking for cash buyers on Craigslist. Yep. You know, to, and, and there's a direct link to our Carrot websites, right? So they can fill out the lead form. Um, and then we throw those in the CRM. So, so do, that's you, my, do you post to Craigslist with a link I, and then they I, go and register? I do. Yeah. And we've actually had quite a bit of success with that. I would say probably the majority of our buyers list right now has come from, you know, just posting on Craigslist consistently. That Uh, is awesome. So what do you post on there? Do you just say, what do you say? Yeah. Cash buyers want it. And it's a picture of our logo, you know, and then we, we kind of have a little, a little, you know, information in the body, nothing overwhelming, but basically just like, Hey, if you're looking for discounted properties, you know, mountain state RE solutions, we're, uh, we're, you know, we're the go-to to come find them. That's awesome. And it's got a link to your investor carrot website. 
Correct. Yeah. Investor Carrot is a platform, guys. If you're not familiar, uh, you can go check them out, and they have uh, really proven websites for wholesalers, essentially. Right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Really, really, really yep. powerful stuff. So it goes there. They register. Boom. You got a new cash buyer. Yeah. And, and number three, this may be, I actually remember hearing uh, this in one of the podcasts. So from my mortgage background, again, I, I had a pretty good agent database. Sure. Some of those agents worked at brokerages that also act as property management companies. Yes. So I got them on the phone, took them out for, uh, for coffee and said, you know, I know you're already managing, you know, a thousand doors for these landlords. What do I got to do to make sure that each one of my properties gets in front of those people? Awesome. Um, and, and, uh, you know, there, there we go. They, they blast them out when we have them come up. Awesome. Absolutely. Love it, man. That is just incredible. And you're just building and building and building and building. You're building your cash buyer database. You're building your pipeline of leads. 2019 is your year, man. Yeah, it no, is. we're 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 excited, man. I've got some uh, I've got some pretty grandiose, you know, visions, and uh, but yeah, yeah, I think if we just keep plugging away, you know, don't lose track. TTP, the dialer, that is always going to be the bread and, and butter of all our business. your deals are TTP, one hundred percent. My man, that's what I'm talking yep. about. Stay yep. focused, keep. Le- and how much are these costing? What's your What's your marketing budget? Oh man, I, it actually, so my dad, you know, he, he's becoming more and more interested in the process. He's kind of getting, you know, to that retirement age, you know, he freaks out on, on how little our overhead is. And that's what I'll I'll tell anybody, you know, kind of starting up, if you do have a big marketing budget, you know, and, and I think, you know, this as well, direct mail, sure. It's proven. It still works. Yes. But if you're, if you're a little tight and you're just looking to make something happen, you know, right away, our overhead is really the dialer you know, mm-hmm. a minimal, um, a minimal amount to pull list. Skip tracing right now is probably our largest. Yeah. Yeah. Our largest yeah. expense. You know, we are going to bring on two, uh, dialers this month. We want to bring in house dialers in, but when you, when you compare it with other business models, you know, it's just, it's actually ridiculous how much we keep in the pocket. Yep. Yep. And, and that's the point, right? I mean, yep. the wholesaling is a business to set us up to buy assets, right? It's a cash machine. It gives us a healthy bank account that then go and buy whatever it is, whether it's apartments or it's duplexes or it's houses or it's land. You know what I mean? It's just to buy those assets. That's to create the wealth. This is to create, wholesaling is to create money so that we can create wealth. That's the beauty of this business. And that's what's so incredibly powerful about it. And you get to work for yourself and you get to work (laughs) with your wife and you get to drive around with your daughter in the back. You know, I mean, it's just... It's yeah. just so incredible. So, you know, just, just to end this, to, to put a bow on this uh, podcast, give them, give everybody out there listening that maybe has never done a deal before, give them just one little piece of advice. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I think what got in our way, um, and I actually remembered a quote for this that, you know, I think it was from Tony Robbins, where he said, complexity is the enemy of execution. And, and that's kind of what I loved, you know, about TTP is just, it's not, it's not necessarily easy, but it's simple, yeah. right? And yeah. those two things are different, right? Yeah. So just for me, I, I, I would just tell everybody, keep, keep the dream in front of your face, you know, dangle that carrot for yourself, right? And then execute, you know, you guys have said it so many times, failing forward, you know, consistent, imperfect action. That's, that's really, once I got out of my own way yep. and just, you know, kind of, let myself be completely engulfed in the process. And I don't deviate from the scripts. 
I don't do any of that stuff. I'm like, they've already figured it out. Yep. It, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. So okay. I would just, I would just tell people to, um, you know, get out of your own way, believe in yourself and, uh, keep putting one foot in front of the other, man, that, that contract's coming. Awesome. Absolutely love it. And guys, if you are interested in joining the TTP program, being part of the most proactive group in real estate, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Set up a call. It'll be the best call of your year. Love to coach you personally. Also, if you'd like to watch this video, this interview, go to Brent Daniels Real Estate on YouTube. Awesome, awesome channel. We're putting a ton of stuff on there. So check that out. Jason, thank you so much. You gave so much value. You talked about finding cash buyers. You talked about what apps you're using and what resources you're using, what your budget is and how you, it took that 90 days to get going. And now you are like rolling. You're like a train. It is amazing. So thank you so much for participating, being on here and giving so much value to the listeners and everybody out there until next time, until the next podcast, I encourage you to talk to people. Love you. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.